about this. This is a really an incredible part of Scripture right here. Um, the sermon series here, the unopened gift, and then I wanted to give you one Scripture here before I get to my title. And, and I wanted you to understand the promises of God. God has made all kinds of promises that He's going to keep. And when God makes promises, He keeps them. You're going to see that in the story that we have here with Zechariah. Jody shared about Mary last week, and so did I, for those of you who were in American Fork last week. We, we both took a different angle, but we both focused on Mary and the promise that came to her from the angel Gabriel and how she processed it. Well, today I'm going to be talking about Zechariah and how he's got the prophecy of John who prepares the way for Jesus and how important that was. And I wanted you to see how, how old these promises are. And, he, and this is the, like, when did Jesus, when did God ever say in his mind, I'm going to save them? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring eternal life to the people. Look what he says. He says, the hope of eternal life, which God, who, could you say it with me? Say, who does not lie. <laughs> who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. When, when did he promise it? Before. But, but, you, but if time is, that's where you get words like when, right? If there's no time before time, begins, then there's no when, <laughs> right? When? Well, it means look at the time chart. It was then. No, there's no time chart. Before God makes our existence, he has already promised beforehand that he's going to bring eternal life. Do you realize that you're a part of that plan? I'm a part of that plan. Isn't that amazing? I guess not. How many, I, seriously, is this amazing? How many are so excited that you're a part of eternal life? Come on, raise your hand. Listen, right now you're going, yeah, I can't wait till the Steelers game. And me too, I'm excited about it too. But, but you're, you're kind of like, I can't wait till the Steelers game. But listen, 100 years from now when you guys are all dead, we are going to be eternal life. I'm going to walk up and go, remember that one sermon when you said nothing? Da, 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 da. <laughs> I just have to, and, and that's where that book of John, before the beginning of time, Genesis doesn't start everything, the book of John does. Because in Genesis it says, in the beginning God created, and then you see the elements of time go into existence. But in the book of First John, or John, it says, in the beginning was the word. It goes back. In the beginning, not God created. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus Christ. I want you to see that these promises are old. Just say, the promises are old. Say, the promises are good. Say, the promises are for me. This is, this is so incredible. Say, they're for me and my family. And I know some of you are maybe doubting that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where my kids are. Listen, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Okay? This is, this is what I, I want to see. Now, we're, we're in the book of Luke. Luke, who, he's a disciple, a, a disciple of Paul. And he's not one of the, the 12 apostles, but he's one of the disciples. And he writes for Theophilus, um, a, uh, a sort of a, a concatenated history of everything that's happened up to so far. Now, this is my title, How God Achieves, say it with me, say, Giant Deeds. 
He makes huge things happen within the little details of my life. You, you might have little dinky prayers that go, oh Lord, can you kind of help me with this? And God goes, okay, I'll do that and I'll do more. And this happens constantly in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament launches with this as you get the very first, you get Mary, you get Elizabeth, are the first ones that start to carry the presence of God within them. Elizabeth has John, who, who is filled with the Spirit, and Mary has Jesus the Christ. How many know that we too carry the Lord? Come on, do I hear amen? amen. We carry the Lord. They carried the promise of salvation, so do we. We carry the promise of salvation in us. He's with us. He won't leave us or forsake us, ever. God achieves us. Now, this story is going to start small, and it's going to start with Zechariah. Imagine him as a church worker who's been faithful. He's been working in the temple. And it, it, it was kind of his time to be picked, and it's kind of picked by lot, separated by division and tribe, and they kind of said, okay, it's your turn. But he's been working his whole life. Imagine 40, 50 years of constant service. And you're seeing the typical day-to-day stuff. You know, it's, you're not seeing the miraculous. You're seeing the normal things. Hey, I, I kind of helped out. It's like somebody doing cleaning ministry here. And they, they're just, you know, I moved the chairs. I, you know, vacuumed the place. Or I made coffee for people in the morning. You're doing the day-to-day stuff. And you're not necessarily seeing the miraculous things that God does. That's how it is. You're, this story is the coming of miracles into the life and the birthing of the church. Now we are the church. This is normal fare for us. God is always doing miraculous things. I was with a gal at Smith's the other day. Gal led to Christ a couple weeks ago. And, and she's telling me everything that God is doing. And she's going, God's doing this, and God's doing this. And she goes, Eric, I'm so sorry I'm not going to the adventure. I live right next to this other church. And I go, well, I only led you to Christ to come to our church. I didn't lead you to Christ to go to their church. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But she was telling about it. She goes, should I go to your church? And I go, no, 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 you're already plugged in. Stay there. Stay there. But I'm watching, and God's doing this, and God's doing this, and God's doing that. And it's awesome. And she goes, when, the, when you prayed for me, God did something. And I go, well, it was a pretty sophisticated prayer. I lifted my arm about six or seven inches and then went like this. Can everyone lift your arm up like this, can you? And just, just do this, okay? Listen, you're at work and sales are down. You could do this. Well, let's look to the whiteboard. How can we increase sales? Or you could do this. Lord, can you help us increase sales? In Jesus' name. You want to know, I used to do this all the time at work, and they'd go, what's that going to do? And I'd go, why don't you just watch? I'm glad you doubted it, because God's going to do it anyway. Or people will come, and they'll go, I'm not really feeling well. And I go, oh, Lord, I, pray. I go, do you mind if I pray for you? And they go, sure. And what they're really thinking is, like, you're going to go home at night at 6.30 to 6.45, and you're going to lift them up in prayer. But what you do is you go, hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I lift Debbie up to you right now. And her kids, what are your kids' names? Johnny, Lord. And then you pray and watch what God happens, what God does. God does miraculous things. Do you know that he's living in you? 
He's in, he's in you. Mary carried Jesus. Mary birthed him into his calling in ministry. We now have that same Lord living in us. John the Baptist was filled and, and he pointed to Jesus. And Zechariah, I want you to see these two faithful priests. and I wa- I'm hoping you'll see yourself in here a little bit. But I want you to see this. God likes to start, okay, this is the title. God likes to start with the impossible. This is one way that God demonstrates that he's God. And it's always some scenario where you don't have what you need to get things done. And look at, listen to them. It says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named, say it with me, say Zechariah. He's, the, he's the, the important one in this story with his wife Elizabeth, who belonged to the priestly division of, uh, division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Okay, so they're both descendants of a promise that Abraham got. They're descendants of that line in the priestly line. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Now, when you see this, you might think in your mind, in our Western culture, that they were righteous, that they didn't have any sin. That's not what it means here. What it means here is when they sinned, they did all the rituals that God asked them to do as a Jew. How do I cleanse myself from the sin? They did the confession. They did the sacrifices. They did the yearly um, 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 sacrifices that the Lord requires in a lot of different ways. They observed all the Lord's and commands and decrees. Those are the commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was, say it with me, not able. She was not able to conceive. There's the impossible. Now, you might think, oh, in those days, but now we have test tube babies. You don't think God does miracles today? With conception? Absolutely. Listen, first of all, the concept of conception is amazing. I know you can just go, well, we just kind of evolved. Oh, yeah? Well, I like, first of all, I'd like you to prove that process. Because it is a sophisticated process is the way that first zygote and the way that the DNA strand and everything interlinks and everything happens in there to start molding and shaping a child. It says she was not able. She didn't have the power. She couldn't do it. And they were both very old. There's the dilemma. God loves the impossible. Just say it. Say they were too old. Right? The scripture there says, and say they weren't able. This is almost every miracle that starts this way. I couldn't pay the bills. I can't reach my kid. I tried to make my career work, but I couldn't. We just can't make the end of the month. We're going to go bankrupt. There are so many different things that I could tell you, and I'm telling that, that I've heard, and I've experienced, and I've been in despair, and then I've tried harder. And then I've also learned to turn to Jesus Christ. And saying, Lord, walk me out of these things. They were both very old. I call this, do you have a case of the varies? All right? I'm very old. Yeah, but I'm very stubborn. I'm very unskilled. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm too unprepared. I'm too mistake prone. You know, I'm just unlucky. It's just not my day. You know, everyone's abandoned me. It's just not good. See, you can live in those. Or you can start blaming everyone else. Well, it's because of them. And it's because of that institution. And when the church didn't help enough. And this, they didn't do this. 
And you can go that way. But the thing is, if you turn to the Lord, it doesn't matter what those things are. All you need is the truth. Were they old? Yes. Were they able to conceive? Do you think they tried? I think they tried everything within their culture to do it, and it didn't work. And all of a sudden, God intervenes. Okay? Now, God has plans for us even before we are born. We know this because there are tons of scriptures where God says this. I planned this before you were born. Before the foundation of the earth, I did this. Before the beginning of time, I laid out eternal life and salvation. He says it to Jeremiah, you know, and to uh, David. I, I knit you in the womb. I knew exactly what I was making. I knit not just your outside, but your soul and who you'd be. Do you believe God knows these things? If you do, then understand his plans for us are there before we're born. So we, Zechariah, you're going to see, is not going to make this happen. He isn't going to wake up and go, you know what? I want to be super important. So I think I'm going to have, you know, some kind of prophet as a kid. He has no idea. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot. In other words, cast a thing, you know, a bunch of straws and see which is the, the shortest one, that kind of a thing. Now, do you think that that was an accident? Or do you think God knows that? I know some of you guys are going to be in Wendover tonight. Lord, is it red or is it black? <laughs> Hallelujah. And if the Lord leads you to do it, he will. And I'm not saying to go gamble. But I'm just saying is that they, they did a lot of things by lot, you know, it says, according to the custom of the priesthood, they went in the temple of the Lord and they burnt incense. This is basically the typical, all right, let's do our religious duty. Let's go, all right, whose turn? It's your turn. All right, give it to me. And they do this over and over again. They've been through what they call a hidden period where God really hadn't revealed himself mightily in a lot of years. And it says, when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Now, he was part of a specific tribe of Israel, part of a specific division, part of a specific priesthood within that division, and then he was a servant within that division. And God said, I know exactly who you are, and I know exactly what your kid is going to be, and I'm going to tell you what to name this kid, and I'm going to tell you exactly what he's going to do. How many say amen? amen? Do you believe that the Lord can speak to you like that? I, I totally believe that. You know, there's plenty of times where I've looked my kids in the eyes and I say, God has great things for you. I can see them. I can see them. You can't make this stuff up, guys. If you make it up, you'll just hurt your kids. But you have to, we can hear from the Lord. We can hear the Lord for our neighbors. We can hear the Lord. You don't think so? The Bible says in the last days, the Spirit of God will be poured out on all the people. All the believers will have them. And it says, and they will prophesy. The young, the old, they'll dream dreams. God has vision for us. How many say amen? Sorry. I've had food poisoning for a day and a half. Either I go on a diet or God puts me on a diet. <laughs> can someone bring me water by any chance back there if it has water? be awesome. Number three, here it is. God does giant things with little prayers. Do you believe this? 
How many, come on, I don't want to call them pathetic prayers, but they're little tiny prayers where you're going, you know, you pray this little prayer, oh God, can you please help me with something? You're desperate. And God's going, yes, I'm going to answer that prayer. And I'm going to do about a thousand more things than you realize. And, and, and we, we are just, oh Lord, I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care, you could kill me, but do this, Lord. You know, you get, lo- you get super loyal, you get like Peter, you know, even if I have to die, I'll follow you, but then when it comes up to he denies him three times. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't get too heroic yourself. Just recognize, little prayers. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So God sends an angel, a messenger from himself. And it says, Zechariah saw him, it says he was startled and gripped with fear. So this was not something typical that he had seen. Thank you, David. No problem. All right. So he was startled and then he gripped with fear. It was obviously something that wasn't the typical fair inside the temple here. He saw it and, oh my gosh, this, something's happening that's not normal. Then the angel says to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Now, this is his prayer. His prayer has been, Lord, give us a son. That's, that's been what it is. Lord, give us a kid. Lord, there's, a, there's shame with Elizabeth. We need a kid. Please, please take care of it. But I want you to see that God does so much more. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him, can everyone say, John. John. He even names him. And now, look what he says to him. These are the plans. This is what he tells about his kid. He says, he will be... Can everyone say, will be? be. This isn't a a, a if. Like, he's not saying, well, if John cooperates with his will and decides to assert himself in the educational system of the priesthood. Is that what he's saying? No. No. Watch the angel. The angel's got no problem. He will be He, imagine, this is the angel who stands in the presence of the Lord. He says, he will be a joy and a delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth. For he, can you say with me, will be. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drinks. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. For he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. You know, uh, God has spoken to me about all my kids. I remember when my son Joshua was in with all the, the babies after we had, a, had our baby. We were at El Camino Hospital in Sunnyvale. And, and Jody and I were praying. After he had come, it was, a, it was a difficult birth. She was in labor for 20 years and then had an emergency C-section. Right? So, and Joshua was not your small kid. He was like 10 pounds, nine ounces, and came out with a helmet on, football helmet on. And, and as, I was, as I was sitting there, just in the waiting room waiting, all of a sudden I could just hear the Lord whisper to me. And he said, your son is going to be bold. He's going to be a voice. He's going to be a voice. He's going to speak. He's going to be a, a voice to people all over. And I walked into it. I walked into the room, and as I was going through it, I was going, where is he? Which one is he? And it's like, you know how you put him in the other nose, all these babies, right? And it's like, you know, next one. 
I get all the way to Joshua's and Joshua's. <laughs> Those of you who know Joshua know that look of his. But he's like looking around. I go, Joshua, how you doing? Like, <laughs> don't you love this? All he wants is a kid and he's getting this incredible plan. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Before anything happened, I had a plan for you. You will be a prophet to the nations. You know, anyone, Jesus says, who believes in me is going to do the same works as I do. Even greater things. This promise is for those filled with the Lord. He says, and he will go on before the Lord. He's going to be a messenger. Do you know that we are coming also in the spirit of Elijah, that we prepare the way of the Lord for people? How many say amen? Amen. This is part of our call. He says, in the spirit and power of Elijah. Just read about Elijah. I love Elijah. He's kicked something. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I forget, I forget what I can say in church. So <clears throat> He's kicked butt, okay? That's, there it is. It says, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How many think this is a pretty good call? Right? God always does, number four, more than what we're thinking about. If you understand this, I, I started this, this, this moving into our new season and talking about how the Lord says, you know what the kingdom of God is like? You plant a seed, you water it, and whether you sleep or whether you're awake, it's going to grow. That's what the kingdom's about. How many slept last night? Did it grow? Did the kingdom grow in you? Yes, it did. It's always growing. God always has more. Listen, this is Zechariah's request and prayer. Elizabeth is being shamed. I'm feeling discouraged. We tried to follow you. Can we please have a kid? Can you please answer? And listen what God answers. He says, the reality here, you'll have a kid, but God's going to name him. He's got purpose. He's going to name him, and he's going to purpose. What's his name going to be? John. And it says, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He's going to go on before the Lord. How many think this is a great promise? Okay, and that he's just said, I'm a kid. Elizabeth's embarrassed. So am I. It's no good. We look bad in the city. Oh, yeah? Well, let me answer your prayer in a bigger and giant way. He's going to turn the hearts of parents to their kids. We're, we're in a generation where it's hard for par- parents. Uh, you were kids, and when you were kids, you didn't know how to, your parents didn't really know how to raise you in the Lord. And now you're trying to do a better job with your kids. And it's hard because we don't necessarily have all the godly attributes. We're growing in the Lord, and we make mistakes. How many parents have made mistakes? But God's saying, your kid through moving us to Christ is going to help turn the hearts of parents back to their kids in a great way. How many think there's a great promise? And he says he's going to turn the disobedient, the ones who don't know how to find the right path, like me, he's going to turn them to the wisdom of the righteous. This is so important. And then he's going to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's going he's to get people excited. He's going to have a baptism of repentance. He's the one who's going to say, look, the Lamb of God who comes into the world, 
who takes away the sins of the world. What a great gift. A little prayer. Think about all the little prayers that you've said. And, and I, I can tell you so many that I, that I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, would you do that? And the Lord said, yes. And I'll do 20, 50 times more than you ask. He's the God who does more. He's more than enough. This is why we so strongly encourage you, give your first part of your day to the Lord. You don't, you don't have to have an hour devotions. Can you give two minutes to the Lord in the morning? How many can give two minutes to the Lord? Two minutes. Just chink. Just open your heart. I guarantee you when the two minutes are done, you will stay longer. And just quiet your spirit before the Lord and say, Lord, I do have some requests. And as you ask your little things, understand that God will answer with great things. In the same way that this is true, it's also true that if you pursue things in the flesh, you will see nothing but heartache and twisted answers. Because the flesh won't give you the right answer. It won't lead you down the right way. It'll waste time. But the things in the Lord won't. And then he tells him, and he goes, no one's going to be greater than John. He, he, makes, that, he makes that statement. But every kingdom resident will be greater. Listen, listen to what Jesus says to him, or he says about him. He goes, I tell you the truth, all who have ever lived, who have ever been born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist. Is there anyone born of a woman up to that time greater than John the Baptist, according to Jesus? No, nobody. This is the greatest call preparing the way of the Lord. He's saying any, even the least person who comes to Christ in the kingdom, once the sacrifice has been made and they're in the kingdom, are we greater than John? Just say it. Say, I am greater. Oh, it's hard to say, isn't it? Is this what Jesus is saying? He said, it, it sounds like it. <laughs> I love, I'll be, I'll be with, sharing the Christ with somebody from another faith and I'll read the Bible and they believe the Bible too. And then I read the scripture that they don't believe and then I, they read it and they go, yeah. Well, what are you trying to say? And I go, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm reading you the Bible. <laughs> I didn't read this. You think, how many think I wrote this? <laughs> I tell you the truth. All who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Isn't this amazing? The least. How many think you might be the least? Okay, well, you're greater than John. And John was kicking some serious butt. I think this is so exciting. And the Pharisees, of course, missed this just to make this point. The Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Because they, they go, when's the kingdom going to happen? And I, I go on the internet sometimes and people say, the kingdom's coming here, the kingdom's coming there, and there it is, and here it is, and look for that sign. It's like, <laughs> the kingdom of God, Jesus says, does not come with your careful observation. Let me say it again. The kingdom of God doesn't come with your careful observation. I've read this a thousand times. Now I'm carefully observing. It does not come with what? And you can't say, here it is. There it is. Why not? Because the kingdom of God 
comes how? Within you. When we see the redemption of the cross and our sins are removed, the Holy Spirit comes to live where? Within us. He is the kingdom within us. That's why I love when Jesus brings the little child. It brings this whole Zechariah thing home. But Jesus brings the little child in front of everybody and he says, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like a little child, you're never going to see the kingdom of God. You'll never enter it. Because you'll have careful observation, you'll be figuring it out, you'll be a smart religious person, you'll be the best Christian around, you'll have all kinds of ambition. But you won't realize the simple gospel is the power of God. And it's not your power. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. How many say amen? Listen, God always does more than we are thinking. This is number four, then I'm going to finish with number five. Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able. Were they able to have a kid? No, but can you say he is able? To do immeasurably, can everyone say more? More than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory, where? In the church. To him be glory in the, in the church. And in Christ Jesus, how long? Throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Listen, these little prayers got giant answers. How many have a little prayer that needs a giant answer? Come on. I, I hope you have. I'm going to hold on to them because I want you to see something here because this is one of the differences between Mary and Zechariah. They both get a promise. Mary, if you followed Jody last week, you know, she takes the thing, the promise, and she ponders it in her heart, and then she says, may it be done to me as the Lord said. Like, this is what you're saying, Lord. This kingdom is upon me. Let it be done unto me. And did the promise happen? Can everyone say yes? Yes. Did Jesus come? Yes. Okay. John the Baptist, did he come? Did Zechariah believe the angel? No. This is what I wrote. God will accomplish his will in you. Number five, but will you enjoy or not enjoy the ride? Do you know that he's going to spend the next nine months where every time he tries to talk, no one understands him? I really believe there's a spiritual significance to this. I believe that some people are living in doubt. They live in doubt. And the whole time they're living in this doubt and fear, it's as if they have nothing to say. Right? It's like God takes away your platform. You go, well, gosh, I used to be influential. What's happened? I don't feel like I'm influencing anybody. I know. You're just living out Zechariah. The Lord gave you this great promise, and it's going to come true. In six, nine months, the baby's going to come, and everyone's going to go, what do we name him? And he's just writing stuff, right? You know, Taylor, like that, and everyone goes, his name is John. As soon as it is, he goes, oh, man. And he can talk. He's literally been speechless for the entire time. I have been through seasons like this where I'm doubting, 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 doubting. And at the end, God goes, I did it all, didn't I? 
Sorry, this thing's loose. I did it, didn't I? And I go, yes, Lord, you did do it. And I doubted the whole time. I enjoyed nothing. How many have been there? What is God telling you right now during this Christmas season? And don't say to me, it's just like last Christmas season when everything went wrong. That's not faith. That's doubting. Think about this. And look at how Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Like, can I get it written on paper? Can you give me a guarantee? Can you give me a picture that I know it will happen for sure? And then he says his typical, the typical excuses we all give. Listen, I'm an old man. And my wife is old too. This, there's no way that this can happen. Now, I want you to understand this. When God speaks to this or a messenger of the Lord comes to us and speaks something like this to us, we're talking to somebody who's in the presence of the Lord who is the Lord. Do you know how confident the Lord is of being able to accomplish his will? Do you understand that the angel Gabriel is standing in the very presence of the Lord? And I I want you to see this because this is how this concludes. This is my last scripture here. The angel says to him, I am Gabriel. And if you've ever read through the book of Revelation, one of the most daunting things is when you see that one angel who's standing with one leg on the part of the continent and another part in the middle of the ocean. And you're going, this angel's massive. (laughs) Like, they they don't restrict themselves to our timeline. And it almost makes it funny when I hear people come against these demons, when they come against the demons. Oh, we come against you demons. Do you realize how powerful this world is? That your only hope is in the name of Jesus. Do I hear amen? Because God is in you, gives you the power to speak authoritatively in these ways. If it's the will of God, because of the presence of God through the cross, not through your perfection. And listen to this angel. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you, can everyone say, this good news. And I can't tell you how many times I have spoken good news to people that your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It is a new day. It is a time of celebration. We are in the jubilee. You have a calling and a purpose from God. He lives in you. He's given you gifts. You're a reconciler to the world. A messenger. Do you believe this? The Gabriel says, I stand in the presence of God. I have been given this message. Paul says the same thing. This gospel has been given to me. I have been here to preach to you and tell you the truth. And listen what the answer is. And he says, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day happens. Like, you'll have no influence. You won't enjoy the ride Why? Because you didn't believe my words. You didn't believe the message. You didn't believe his truth. And then watch what he says. Because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Do you know that sometimes your unbelief doesn't stop it from happening? Sometimes your unbelief just stops you from enjoying what's happening. 
How many say amen? Why don't you close your eyes and... I, I hope you got something out of this because I really believe this is the message the Lord wanted me to communicate to you this morning. First of all, I would like you to confess if it's true that you yourself, like me, have had a season maybe in one particular area, whatever, where you've given in to unbelief. Just raise your hand, not to me, just to, to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I've given in to unbelief in areas of my life. And just go ahead and put your hand down. And then just make the repentance, Lord. Is this the Lord speaking? Are these scriptures alive and are they from him? Do you believe these promises of God for you? Then I encourage you, just say, Lord, I believe you. Just say it to him. Would you speak it to him? Say, Lord, I believe your words. Just say it. They will come true. Some of you, the Lord told me ahead of time, that's why I said it, that some of you have some impossible prayers before God right now. They're impossible. They're the very, it's too old, you've made too many mistakes, it can't happen. Some of them are related to family and relationships. Some are related to ability and promise and loneliness. And I want you to right now, I want you to lift that request to the Lord and say, Lord, I am too old or I am just, you can say those things, but you say, Lord, but you can do anything because you are God. And I ask you, now would you ask that specific thing that you need God to do right now? Don't make up something, but there's something that's been in your heart. You said, Lord, could you please do this? Lord, if you could just do this, I wouldn't feel shameful. I wouldn't feel like Elizabeth did, just shame in the city where everyone knows what my problem is. Just, Lord, would you do this? Would you make that request right now? And ask the Lord and say, Lord, answer this prayer. And then I say, I am like Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord because I'm seated with him in the heavenly realms through Christ. And he will answer you. He is faithful. He is mighty. He is the delivering God, the holy God, the perfect God, the mighty God, the one who loves you, the one who makes all things work together for good for you. The ones that he has chosen in his heart. God says, I bring you the gospel and the gospel comes alive. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you believe he died on the cross for your sins? Just across this room, if that's true, will you just raise both hands and say, my hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the answer of my prayers. He's the deliverer of my soul. He is the helper in my family. He's the one who will make my call real because he's called me from the beginning of the foundations of the earth and even gave me promises before the beginning of time and say, I am in God's hands. Just say it. Say, I'm in God's hands. I'm in God's hands. Some of you have to lift up your business to the Lord. The Lord's saying, I will not build idols. I must be first. Work must be unto him. Lift up your job and say, this 
career, this business, this calling belongs to the Lord. Just lift it up to him and say, this belongs to you, Lord. Just surrender it to him and say, Father, put your blessing upon it in the name of Jesus. I'm just like you. Trust me. This isn't me preaching at you. God uses this to preach at me too. And Father, I thank you for your perfect ways. Bless him. Would you just put a hand on someone's shoulder next to you and just say, Lord, would you touch them as I want to be touched? Would you multiply the things that they need and answer it for them? Would you get at the depth of who they are so that the soul answers are realized? And let them see, Lord, that Christmas is a time when you reveal that your salvation has been finished and completed because you came to this earth and you died on the cross and you made a way for us. Let that blessing be upon them. Fill them, fill their family, fill their provision, fill their resources. Lord, you're the God who provides for the birds and yet you count every one of our hairs. You know exactly who we are. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? How many felt the Lord minister to you there? Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless. We'll see you next week.